0: Welcome to Art Ladders, The Creative Climb with Valerie Allen and Armin Mersman. This podcast is focused on interviews, features, and stories about art. It's for artists and art lovers. I'm Val. I'm the abstract artist in the group. Joined by Armin, the realist. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of Art Ladders. We've made it to the first 10 episodes, which is a mile marker, really. That's awesome. So, and we are here today, and I'm actually in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes. With artist Rachel McCampbell. And Armin, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. I'm taking advantage of you being gone for a few days and just being in the studio. So, uh, yeah. It's it's, uh, it's nice to be isolated with just Jasper and myself. Jasper's my dog, so.
0: Oh, that's great. Oh, we're so glad you can be here, Armin. He's back in Midland. We're down here in near Franklin, Tennessee. That's right. And I'm here with Rachel McCampbell. She has traveled the world. She has lived in all sorts of wonderful places like Los Angeles, Florence, Italy, London, England, New York City. But she is back at her roots here in Tennessee, in Nashville. She, you grew up in East Tennessee, I did. correct? I did. Oh, wonderful. Grew up on a farm. Oh, it's yeah. kind of like I grew up on a farm yeah. as well. So
2: Maybe that's why we relate to each other. That's probably. Farm girls.
0: Yes, that's right. <laughs> Rachel and I met at an uh, uh, open house for Plaza Arts in Cincinnati, Ohio. We were our demoing stations were next to each other, mm-hmm. and it was just so fun to get to know you then. I
2: know it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. and we have the golden educator background yes, in common. Yes,
0: yeah. we're both uh, golden golden girls. Yeah, we are. We <laughs> so, are. Yeah. and we love that. Yeah, and we talk about that quite a bit. And uh, you've gone into several other different arenas in the art materials mm-hmm. world. Yes, I have, which is very interesting. And. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to start way, way back. Mm-hmm. What was your very first art materials as a as a oh, child? Gosh. We're yeah. proponents for giving children great supplies in, in the beginning.
2: Oh, that's okay. wonderful. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I had great supplies. I had standard crayons and things like that, mm-hmm. um, pencils. And I don't even remember having paints. My mother painted um, and she was an amateur painter. But um She painted in oil, so that wasn't something I was doing. But mainly my first memories of growing up on this farm and Mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing to do and no, you know, we didn't watch TV very much or anything. So the entertainment would be making art and writing plays and just doing creative things outside. So um, that's what we did. And I played a lot with cardboard and building houses and and just doing little drawings and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think I got the bug, entered a, a contest in third grade and won and started thinking, oh, uh, okay, there's something here and just kept mm-hmm. following it. And it was just something that came easy to me. Mm-hmm. So I think I followed it for that reason, because mm-hmm. it just like would win little awards in school. And so I thought, you know, when that happens to you you just start thinking, Well I must I'm maybe this is what I am meant to do.
0: Oh, absolutely. You start getting some positive reinforcement yeah, like that. Yeah and contests in the beginning. And you know, it's funny you mentioned third grade. That seems to be a very pivotal Grade for children.
2: Mm. Oh, is that right?
0: And, uh, yes, because that was about the same time I kind of started thinking about the artist mm-hmm. Armin. Now you grew up in uh, you grew up in Germany, as everyone knows out there in Episodeville. But uh, <laughs> by third grade, you were in um, you were in the states, weren't you?
1: I was. Yeah, I was in the states uh, for the second grade. Actually, I got redshirted because I couldn't speak uh, the language. So had a had a start kind of over again. But uh, yeah, that's around that time when uh, you know, s- people started commenting to me, uh, oh you do really good art, you know. So I'm like, why wow, do something good? So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just kept going. Um did you have siblings or do you have siblings? I'm the
2: least? youngest of six, yes. Oh okay. so okay. right. And um
1: Were, were they I think... supportive? Well if you're the if you're the youngest, they'll never
2: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> supportive? Um, no, I, I don't know. I, I have a sister who's a potter um, and we're actually teaming up to do a workshop together with painting and pottery. Mm-hmm. So um, we've always related about our art more than the other. And I have another sister, my eldest sister, who was a fashion illustrator uh, when she graduated from college. So she has the art background, but then she followed genealogy for years and now she's back at art. Mm-hmm. So she's... Kind of picked it up later in life again but i think my mother being an artist and a writer mm-hmm. she was a, she liked to write speeches and stories and she was just a very strong influence mm-hmm. in my life mm-hmm.
0: yeah oh that's great yeah, yeah the family background And, you know, I'm down here in Nashville with my sister. Yeah. And uh, she's more of a musician-style artist. Oh, But it's fun. You're going to have a collaboration with your sister. Yes. We're we're always kind of dreaming up fun projects that we can work
2: on. Yeah, that's great. You get a lot of
0: energy bouncing back and forth that way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the music-art connection, I find, really uh, just dovetails really nicely. I'm around a lot of music people, songwriters especially, who are amazing painters and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just very, always very interested in how, you know, the music influences the art and the art influences the music and then sometimes they're doing both oh, beautifully.
0: Right. And you know, that was actually one of the questions I wanted to approach you with was the connection with you living here in Nashville mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and driving in to Rachel's home today. It was just a beautiful drive and I could yeah. see a lot of the estates and fun things. And I'm imagining there's a lot of singers that live out this direction.
2: There are, there are a lot a uh, lot of musicians, um, singers, songwriters, performers, all kinds of people have moved out into this country area. I think they, they like the proximity to Nashville and mm-hmm. yet It has a country feel out here with horse country. Yeah. Yeah. So it does. um, But it's interesting when you go to a party and you say, I'm an artist, people say, Oh, singer? What what music, what (laughs) instrument do you play? And I go, No, I'm a painter. (laughs) (laughs) So there aren't that many painters out here. Right.
1: Uh, (laughs) Right. Did you ever uh, had to make a choice early in your life to be either a musician or a visual artist? I know music has always been extremely important to me. And uh, I've always been interested in it, and uh, I love the energy you get from musicians. It's different than from visual artists. Yes. So at some point, I had to make a decision. Probably because I was crappy at guitar, that made it for me. So. You
2: know. <laughs> well, Armin, I have zero musical talent. So I took piano for seven years, and I can't even play chopsticks. And I have a brother who picked up a guitar with no lessons and taught himself classical Spanish 12 string guitar and I'm just like really okay (laughs) well I guess some people are born doing music they just Mm -hmm. are born to be able to do it and I can't I can't do it Mm -hmm. but I appreciate it and I love it and I play it while I work right that's
0: and you know when you're at these parties and things and you're Do you have any in-depth discussions with a musician about the creative process? Have well, you, that's funny that you say
2: that. I was at a birthday party just last night, and uh-huh. uh, in this area, and there were a lot of singer-songwriters and performers there. Uh-huh. And my husband, who's a landscape architect, got into a big, heavy conversation with one of the songwriters, going, "How in the world do you come up with this out of nowhere?" Mm-hmm. And he was going, "Well, how do you come up with <laughs> your designs? I mean, I don't understand how you look at a, a lot of a plot of land and figure out a master design on that. It just looks like grass to me, you know." So, <laughs> you know, we just yeah. got to get into these discussions about the creative process, mm-hmm. um, but. It, it's it's in, I think in a lot of ways very similar uh, mm-hmm. for everyone, mm-hmm. and a lot of ways very different too. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I do too. I know, like Armin just mentioned, how influenced he is by music, and I I love working with music and thinking about composers in particular. Yeah, and so the singer songwriter. Scene down here is really interesting. Maybe tonight yeah. I'll get to hear some <laughs> singer-songwriters. I'm excited. Oh, good, I'll good. I have to pick your brain after this podcast. Yeah, and there, see
2: where I should head out. There's too. so much talent here; it's <laughs> oh, ridiculous. It's a yeah. Exciting, exciting city. Yeah.
0: Well, getting back to you and your art materials. Mm-hmm. You work in quite a few. Can you yes. give us a summary
2: of <sighs> yeah, all the materials? I know. And I, I love it that you and Armin have such a different way of working. Um, that to me is really exciting. You know, and yet you guys, you know, work together and 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 you do your own thing as well. But um I think I lean more toward the Val side over here and uh <laughs> because I love materials. I'm an art materials junkie. I love it. I just, nothing more exciting than walking to an art store, right? But um, I love uh, experimentation and Mm -hmm. I never want to lose that. Mm -hmm. And at first I kind of was beating myself up for that, going, no, stick with one thing and one thing and one (laughs) style and never leave it for the rest of your life. And I was like, no, I can't do that. And plus I love to teach. And mm-hmm. so I think it's very, I think it's great for teachers to have, and you do, Armin, and you do too, Val, so much information about all kinds of mediums. And mm-hmm. and I think if you have that, um, it's just helpful because people are always asking questions. Well, how can mm-hmm. I get to there? Well, you could use acrylic and build up texture and do this, and then you could finesse with oil at the end. And, oh, I'm allowed to do that? Yes, you are. <laughs> and um, so... I think working in all these different ways, just, it all feeds each other, don't mm-hmm. you think? And
0: oh, it just, absolutely. It
2: opens that, up creative yes. doors.
0: It and, does, and and a lot of times, and I, I don't know if you're like me, but when I start working with all these materials, I have no clue what the final outcome is gonna be.
2: Which is so exciting. That's the right? exciting part. It doesn't trouble
0: me at all. It's no. just, it's stimulating, really.
2: It is, it's so, very stimulating. I think it's good for your brain. Yes, I do too. too. Not always good for your health. Sometimes I (laughs) do weird things like shellac something and then Uh, light it on fire or, you know, outside. (laughs) Right. Um, But things that might be dangerous. (laughs) Don't try that at home. No,
1: no, don't. Rachel, do you, you, the material you use, does that uh, make you do, I shouldn't say it like that, but is there a different ism that comes out of it? For instance, if you're using oil or acrylic, Yes. You know, that leads to a certain kind of ism. Uh, I've seen you. I've seen your work as an abstractionist in cold wax. Does that automatically change your your subject matter or the way you do things?
2: Yes. Um, But again, because I do representational art and then I I don't have any of the abstract work behind me right now because they're in galleries. But Mm -hmm. um, the abstract work Well, I mean, acrylic, I do acrylic abstract work. And then I also do the cold wax really nicely dictates that that medium dictates um, abstract or doesn't have to because I turn it into representational art all the time. I have some on the table there Mm -hmm. that's cold wax that you can obviously dig back in and make it representational or do Mm -hmm. whatever you want, but it still has this. Feeling and richness and look of cold wax that you can't get with just straight up oil painting. Mm-hmm. So I love the unexpected qualities that will happen with cold wax, either in abstraction or representational. It's so it does drive theism, is to answer your question. Absolutely. Um, what you work with, if you have an idea of an outcome, but as you know, Val, like for example, if you want to make something very atmospheric, mm-hmm. um, you could use. Um, and a, a gel medium, matte mm-hmm. medium, and layer over and get that same effect as the cold wax layered over and pushed pushing something back. Exactly. And so, yeah, yes. you can get it in different ways. It's just how do you want to get there?
0: That's right. It's just that aesthetic. And we get a lot, Armin and I both get a lot of questions on working with cold wax from artists. Mm. So it is a very uh, uh Popular and fun thing to learn about. Yes. Now you recently didn't mm-hmm. you recently do a workshop in Cincinnati on that?
2: I did. I did one in the spring in Cincinnati, and then uh, at the barn, and then yes, yes, at the barn. Um, I just came back from. I did a. I took a, seventeen people to Ghost Ranch. Not all of them were painting, but we had eleven painters, and we went to Ghost Ranch and and did plein air painting. And then mm-hmm. I came back, and a week later, I did. Um, a week of cold wax painting at Aramont School of Arts and Crafts in Gatlinburg, oh, Tennessee. Oh, wonderful! And that was great. I've so. always
0: wanted to check out that that school there.
2: Oh, it's awesome! Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I a can really just imagine. Great school. Now,
0: in your cold wax workshop, I'm just kind of giving uh, artists out there, kind of plant the seed yeah. to take your workshop on that. Uh, Can you give us a rundown on just
2: briefly what they would learn? Absolutely. I mean, cold wax is a different beast. I mean, you don't even pull out a brush, which Mm -hmm. is really freeing for me Mm -hmm. because the minute someone hands you a brush, what do you want to do? Or a pencil. Mm -hmm. You want to start getting tight. So (laughs) with the cold wax, the the basic tools being a brayer and a squeegee and Mm -hmm. palette knife. Mm -hmm. Those are kind of the three main ones. Not that you don't ever use a brush, you do. But um, when I demo it, there are probably 17 different complete demonstrations I do to give just examples of not only additive, but reductive techniques with cold wax. So you can add Citrusolve, which is a stronger agent than Mm -hmm. than the odorless mineral spirits. Mm -hmm. And it literally, you layer up and it dissolves back through these layers and creates the most beautiful, unexpected, shapes and colors and things it just lends itself toward surprises and abstraction oh it sounds so exciting it's beautiful and then you can add and then and and one of my favorite parts about it is the fat on lean rule you do not have to listen to Mm -hmm. so you can layer five layers in one day Uh on top and it and it and it takes a while to dry but it does set up Wow. It's beautiful stuff.
0: And in contrast to encaustic using the heat mm-hmm. and melting the wax, you're not having to do that at no, all, right? No. And do you but you still have to worry a little bit about ventilation? Am a I little right? bit. Just yeah, a
2: like like anything. Yeah, it's like, like any material. Yeah, especially yeah. oils, because there are solvents and and resins and things and and you just have to make sure you've you've got some, mm-hmm. air some nice moving air going around. Going but I I can't I do encaustics, but I have to do it outside yeah. and I have to wear a mask even oh, outside. Okay. I'm very sensitive to that. Oh,
0: very sensitive, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Armin, have you ever been tempted to try cold
1: wax? Uh, I have been. Uh, I mean, I, I got the medium and all those kinds of things. And when I was doing my year-long residency in Cincinnati, I was planning on doing it, but you know, that pencil keeps getting in my way up
0: <laughs> That
2: darn
1: pencil. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta hide those pencils.
2: Well, you can use mark making with cold wax. Once it gets to that dry phase, it's really oh, fun yeah. to take um, like carbon paper. There's one on the floor there. I was oh, showing yeah. in my class. Yeah. Or uh, graphite paper or something, and then you mark make on it and uh, it's really neat.
1: Yeah, I saw that you do a lot of writing on some of your pieces.
2: Yeah, I do. The Simic writing, where it makes well, no tell sense. Tell us a little
1: bit about the idea behind that.
2: Um, I just think there's something mysterious about that. Um, mm-hmm. And I like, I do love to actually write. Um, I have written fiction and had one story published but um I don't call myself really writer but I did used to write a column for Nashville uh-huh. Arts magazine I saw that yeah. yeah and I really enjoyed writing and I still write I'm writing something now but um so it's just almost like doing the artist pages where you can just write mm-hmm. stream of consciousness mm-hmm. so it's kind of like that but try not to make the words too legible mm-hmm. just it's it's so it's a form of mark making and another layer and another Mysterious. So you're looking at that
1: more as a design element of the piece and a narrative kind of writing for yeah. people would have, I, you know, Val, you've done the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you mentioned The Artist's Way, yeah. which is by Julia Cameron. Right. Are you a disciple of the morning pages?
2: I did for years. Uh-huh. And like a lot of things, you know.
0: Yes, I know. I get too busy, uh-huh. but I
2: love doing those three pages every morning yes. and just dumping, just, you know.
0: Just, uh, just writing in cursive, in a notebook. So basically, you're waking up in the morning, folks, and you you journal for three mm. notebook pages. Right. And it can be anything at all that you want to write. You don't necessarily go back and reread these. Mm-hmm. But I, what I found helpful about it, and I'm like you, I stop and start. Mm-hmm. And I when I'm in a real rut, I'll start and back up again. Because it does lift you
2: out of certain it does. situations. It's just kind of like emptying the trash. Yes, It, it just is. You just release really? stuff without, no edit. Yes. You're not No editing.
0: edits.
2: Don't you dare get a hold of them, Marmon. You're going to be in <laughs> trouble. Yeah, don't <laughs> read your it. writing pages. It's like my like, diary.
0: You know? <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Have you ever journaled Armin? I don't know if you have or not. I mean, oh. Yeah, that's interesting. Who? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm a miserable speller, so if I write <laughs> it, I won't be able to read it anyway and uh, <laughs> cursive, I don't I forgot how to do that even. So
2: <laughs> You could write oh, it in geez. German and no
1: one would no know. One, no, no, that'd
2: be very pretty too to see
1: that. I love the idea of it, but it would just frustrate
2: me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but some people are very religious about their journaling. Oh, and yes, they sure I wish are. I could be, but...
0: When I am religiously doing it, as you just mentioned, I do get a lot more done. I have to admit, mm-hmm. it does organize my day.
2: Oh, that's good. So, that's good to know. Yeah, it's yeah. very
0: much a... And speaking of organizing, yeah. uh, days, <laughs> you have so many different... um uh, avenues you know I do you really do the different mediums but not only that the travel the teaching the uh the writing segments how yeah. do you time manage
2: or do well you? <laughs> i i do there's a over there a big whiteboard oh, that, that we're looking at fat. and uh-huh. yeah and i i kind of break down the the in general when i'm doing like the jobs um, and then those get broken down. So commissions, um, things for entering shows, mm-hmm. public art uh, that I'm working on, deadlines, um, then lists of the YouTube videos that I want to do, um, Zoom class that I want to work on, mm-hmm. my newsletter, you know, and what do I want to put in that? Yeah. And then... Then I have an area called personal.
0: Yeah. And then the so, personal, and personal. that looks like some fun stuff in there. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a little bit. I'm yeah. lucky enough to be in, in <laughs> Rachel's studio so I can see this massive whiteboard. We also uh, have a whiteboard yeah, too. It I works, like works well. But yeah, you know, you've jumped into marketing yourself via emails and newsletters and it's just, your newsletter is
2: beautiful. Oh,
0: thank Does you. Does that take
2: a long, I'm sure it takes a while. It takes a while. And that's where, you know, really the, the thing that takes the most time and the, what I'm really behind on are doing YouTube videos. Because yes. those are a lot of work, a lot of editing. Mm-hmm. But I like to put out just free material for teaching and encourage people to paint. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, that just is a big thing in my heart is, is to encourage people to paint mm-hmm. and, um, get them out there and find the same joy that I find mm-hmm. and the thing that's helped my life so much. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to get across with those things is Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's not that hard. Come on, join me, let's go.
0: Right. Right. Oh yeah. I get I love seeing your emails come or your email with the newsletter in it comes through. And I've been able to keep up with you because as golden artists, we're kind of running all over the country. We are. And we're not intersecting that much in person. Your newsletter Helps me keep track of you. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. So,
0: and-, and speaking of the videos, your painting with series, painting with Rachel series. Uh- <laughs> Oh, you've had some great guests on there. Oh well,
2: thank you. Yeah, yeah. I Tell need me to your start. most exciting. Well, it's yeah. it's been fun. I I just started it, but then COVID hit, and so yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't I haven't started that back up yet again. Uh, but I think I'm about to. I'm going to get my booster next week, and good, most of good. the people I know are. Getting their boosters and feel like okay, let's uh-huh. start this up again. Start that up. Um, but I've I've had Naomi Judd on mm-hmm. a few times. She's she's come to paint with me and and I thought I would keep, keep it, it with people in the Nashville, Nashville music hit. scene. Oh, area. that's a great idea. Um, Leslie Satcher, who's a phenomenal, really successful songwriter and great artist. Um, and I've had uh, uh, Amanda Shires and I did something with her mom, Lisa Fallon, who's an amazing painter. Um, and then I have some people lined up to do some things uh-huh. as soon as, yeah, as yeah. soon as we can get to, you know, probably get through the holidays and start that back up again.
0: Sure. And yeah. people can find these on your YouTube channel, right? They can. It's McCambell Art Studio. McCambell Art Studio on yes. YouTube. And yes. those are all on there.
2: Yeah, there's yeah. instructional and then the painting with friends. And I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. It's on there. Oh,
0: I love that! I love that. Yeah. We, Armin, you and I need to start making some YouTubes.
1: Well, we're working our way to it. We're getting you know? there. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You know when COVID started, uh, you know Zoom was alien to me, and and I'm having to buy <laughs> a bunch of equipment to work with this kind of stuff. And uh, yeah. what what Zoom has done is. Uh, it becomes more when I teach it, I teach people from all over the world, wow. which wouldn't have ever happened if it wasn't for COVID, I guess.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And how do you how do they find you? Are you on a platform for your Zoom teaching, like Teachable or something? or are you?
1: Well, no. Uh, right now we're doing everything through uh, Art Ladders. Um, oh, OK. You know, which before is Facebook. that, it was, it was always yeah, connected so to a museum as part of that, but uh,
2: uh,
1: I'm doing most of that on my own or on our own, I should say, but yeah, that's really opened up a a real new world. Now, one of the things I read is uh, that I liked your opinion about making a living selling art. And it's not just as, you know, I don't want anything to do with selling it and it's too pure. And I think that's (laughs) a lot of hogwash to be honest (laughs) with you. Yeah. So I think, you know, the idea is that it, you want it to excite other people mm-hmm. and it's nothing graded when they buy it and put it in their homes. To me, that's the mm-hmm. finishing part of making art.
2: Right. Yeah. If you can create something with your own personal passion and joy and someone tunes into that and it resonates with them and gives them joy, then I think that's a wonderful thing. Um yeah i think it's important i try to do price points too where people can buy something very small or something very large i want to make it where people can where art is accessible to everyone Mm -hmm. i try to go for that Mm -hmm. but sometimes i do really 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 large commissions like right now i've got two panels that are four feet by four feet for someone's home and and they're pricey i mean Mm -hmm. they're going to take me months and months to do and um So a lot of people can't go there but they can they can go with a piece on paper or smaller panel. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Good way to look at it. Yeah. And you also do a lot along with this with
2: fundraising and donating oh, yes. your pieces and very very generous. Yeah. And I try to be. Yeah. Um yeah, we you were asking me about um we gosh, when was that? I think it was Oh well, I can't remember the exact date, okay. but um, this this year we had a creek party, um, where I'm on the advisory board for the Harpeth River Conservancy, which is oh. an environmental organization, mm-hmm. 501c3, and they um, they work on, you know, really from a scientific point of view, keeping the creeks and waterways clean and mm-hmm. viable. So I really support what they do. I think our water is hugely important and, and threatened. So um, how appropriate to have a party. This is our second one with them to have it in the Creek where all the tables and linens and candles and everything's in the Creek. And to get to the food, you have to cross the Creek. So everybody wears their boots or their water <laughs> shoes and you sit in the Creek and you eat. And then we have live music we had amazing music. And, um, and and uh, and then some people sit on the banks and we have twinkle lights everywhere it's just very magical oh, it's a very magical
0: i light. did see photos of that yeah and it looked so inviting and fun yeah. and there were photos of you if i've got this right you almost had like a evening gown with boots on or something <laughs> i don't know <laughs>
2: just just a dress it yeah. was a pretty
0: dress <laughs> and then uh, the other thing was the twinkle lights were I don't know how you did that, but they were over yeah. the creek and yeah. over the table. And it yeah. was just
2: amazing. Right. Well, so. that was a lot. Harpeth Conservancy, they they did uh, an amazing job oh, with the, boy. designing it. They uh, had a designer and, you know. It's great, great concept for a fundraiser. Absolutely. Yeah. It was very cool. <laughs> we didn't, we were mainly the hosts, you know, uh-huh. and they did the majority of the work. But And I put my art up everywhere to kind of allow... Yeah or give uh, kind of a living room experience mm-hmm. to out there. We mm-hmm. kind of created that, so that was fun.
0: And they could look at all the art and yeah. it was beautiful.
2: And, I, and I'm a big proponent of, um, you know, a lot of artists can't just stroke a big check to the causes that they love, but they can donate their home for an event or they can donate a painting to an event. But I do, I'm, I'm very picky about mm-hmm. what I donate to because mm-hmm. I've seen those mishandled way uh-huh. too many times and it's frustrating to go to the event and see the art shoved over in a dark corner yeah and yep. no one right. selling it correctly mm-hmm. and no light on it and that just drives me crazy yes, so yes. I cannot encourage enough whoever's doing these events to uh-huh. really focus on honoring Fo- the art yes focus sell. on the
0: artists like you know I I work at an art center now and we have silent auctions. And yeah. I think being an artist, you're more aware of how you want the other artists presented. Yeah. So it's very important to keep that that close connection on these fundraising events right. with the artists because, yeah, it's like writing a check. We're giving right. up paintings.
2: Right. So. And you want to keep the value of your art up. You don't yes, want it to yes. go for nothing. That doesn't That's right. make it's, your collectors happy. No, it's a definite yeah. fine line. It's Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now um, the other outreach that you do a lot of is you take uh, travel workshops. Yes. And you've gone to Europe. Mm-hmm. First, tell us some of the places you've taken folks to.
2: Well, um, Spain and mm. Italy and the Cotswolds in England. Um, oh, beautiful. And then I've, I worked on a trip to Ireland, but everything kind of had to be canceled because of COVID. Uh-huh. So that actually did not happen. Um, But Italy, several times, that's kind of my Mm -hmm. to-go happy place Mm -hmm. is Italy. Tuscany, so great. But um, yeah, a lot more in the future. And I have one coming up this June in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, at a beautiful historic inn. And we'll be painting plein air in these beautiful locations, like a covered bridge and Beautiful mm-hmm. barns and standing in the middle of a rushing mountain stream and painting the rocks and the trees and kind of some of these kind of imagery behind mm-hmm. me. If you see a video, you would see that. yeah. but um anyway, it it's just, uh, I love doing the workshops because, again, there's some great joy I get from from passing on my enthusiasm to others about painting my, my knowledge of what I know, I'm happy to share. And then I really like the art community that happens. And I mm-hmm. do a circle time at the end of the day where we talk about what we went through that day, what mm-hmm. we learned, what, we, what our hopes and dreams are, whatever it is, you know, that day we have a discussion and everybody goes around and shares. And I just think it deepens the art experience because artists can be so isolated and Mm -hmm. alone, Mm -hmm. and to not have someone to talk about these things with is kind of sad. So I like creating this art community that always continues afterwards. These people become lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have group texts, group emails that we continue with. And I just, I don't know, I love all that. it, and mm-hmm. so, and, well, I, and I love to travel.
0: It seems like a perfect fit for you, just knowing yeah. your personality yeah. and, and just, like you said, gathering the folks together in the evenings to talk about things. And yeah. it's just great.
2: Yeah, it's really fun. So you have that one coming up in Gatlinburg? I have that one. And I didn't plan much more than that at this point right. um, in 2022 because I have two big public art commissions oh, I'm working yes, on yes. they're. They're going to take a lot of time, and they have been taking a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And so I just didn't want to overbook things. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to attend, like, the Oil Painters of America convention in oh. Steamboat Springs. I want to go to that. So there are a few uh, things I want to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and, right. Yeah.
0: To and, uh, to fine. network and to, I'm guessing, at those conventions, you learn yeah. lots, lots of things.
2: You learn lots of things. You meet lots of artists. You, you get to participate in a paint out if you want to. It's just... I don't know. I'm, I like that too. I like
0: that lifelong learning and just, yes. Yeah. Keeping yeah. everything exciting and right. Wow. So many, so many things that pop in my head as I talk to you, <laughs> especially <laughs> about the, uh, the workshops and things. Do you still yeah. have room in your Gatlinburg? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. I do. There's, okay. there's
2: room, you have beautiful par- private room the the meals are amazing. It's like, Mm -hmm. luxurious dining and views of the mountains and then then we go out and paint and we also have an area to gather in the evening and an area to paint in case there's rain we have Mm -hmm. a covered porch area as well so I think it's a perfect location and a variety of locations that we can paint Mm -hmm. so I think that'll be great
0: I know in our region we have a, a, a really core great group of plein air artists And I'm an abstract artist, you know, you and I have talked about that. Do you when you're doing that plein air event, do you have any folks working in abstracted Mm -hmm. landscape?
2: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. There are people who come that are palette knife painters. And so they're doing real expressive, just indicative Mm
0: -hmm. landscapes, Mm -hmm. you
2: know, very, very, very loose, very abstracted. Um, And sometimes I do that, too. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't. I, you know, I, I'm one of those people who likes to mix it up. Yeah, so that's right. I might get acrylics and just get really wilder with it and paint with a squeegee and mm-hmm. just do different things. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a variety of things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a question for you, Rachel. Uh, uh, we just did an episode before this called uh, Many Hats for One Beret, and that, and that kind of uh, is about mediums and people that are very experimental and use a lot of mediums, and then there's me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, you know, there was this, this situation where I, I really wanted to learn to draw because I found that to be really the foundation of anything, of everything, and then uh, you know, I, I couldn't get away from it, to be honest with you. But, you know, I've painted in oil and such, but you choose a lot of different stuff, and I think we covered that already. But sometimes your work is more of a narrative, like the chandelier pieces that you've mm-hmm. worked on. Yes. Tell us a little bit about those.
2: Well, that one was something I did as kind of a commentary on environmental, my environmental um, issues that I, I like to focus on. And so I started thinking, what what could I put in the landscape that might have some sort of meaning that would be? It could be interpreted different ways, but the chandelier itself is like a—it's like I don't know—a symbol of being luxurious and yes. fancy, and yes. you've made it in the world. You have a chandelier, uh-huh. and um, so we have a problem with encroachment. You know, especially out here in Tennessee, it's just the developers coming in and just oh. swooping and getting all the land. The reason that we moved out here is because of the beautiful open fields. Oh, and it's beautiful out here. Yeah, it's beautiful, but they are quickly disappearing. And so I'm not against urban growth. I'm I'm for smart urban growth. And so I just would like to see things more condensed and have a smaller carbon footprint and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So I thought it'd be interesting to paint chandeliers like these large, bigger-than-life, looming chandeliers that are yes, luxury and, and things that are beautiful, but they're out of proportion and they do not mm-hmm. fit in to these beautiful God-given landscapes that I think are here.
1: I see one behind you there.
2: Yes, there mm-hmm. is one. Yeah, yeah. it is. Right and, and we will put these in the show notes too. So oh, okay. send me some JPEGs of, sure. the, of the work. Are those oil paintings? Those are oil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, this one is uh, acrylic though. This one, I put this up just to show the kind of difference between um, the acrylic and the oil. Mm-hmm. When I'm doing a landscape, these get a little brighter and things like that. And mm-hmm. I have a bunch of plein air paintings down here and <laughs> um, and I have abstracts over there so I could um, show those in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do enjoy the idea of bouncing back and forth. I like having like three or four panels going at one oh, time. Great. I don't know if y'all do, do that. Yeah. I do that.
0: Yeah. I I really like that. Don't you? Yeah, I do. It's very productive. Too. It's
2: productive, <laughs> especially if you're working in the same medium. Yes. Cause you could just say, Hey, what's oh, on my brush. Or they and they add it right. there and there and there and <laughs> there.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's
2: right. No, it's yeah. very, very good way to work. Yeah. So I think so too. Yeah. And I'm in the process of getting a, studio studio. Um, it's not there yet, but, um, I've been working in my house upstairs and downstairs and everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's crazy. So, Mm -hmm. um, and especially since I'm doing larger and larger pieces, um, like the public art pieces I'm doing are quite Mm -hmm. large and you've got, you know how that is. You've got to have some room to stand back and time and
0: space. And that's what we need all the time. Yes. And to set the scene for the listeners out here, I'm I'm here with Rachel in the, her farmhouse. Yes. Probably built in what? The 1800s? Well, about 1905.
2: 1905.
0: Yeah. Okay. Tall ceilings, at least 12, 13 feet ceilings. Yeah. A lot of, would you call that shiplap or uh, beadboard? Beadboard. Beadboard yeah. everywhere. Beautiful finished wood, hardwood floors. Wonderful rustic antiques right up by <laughs> Alley, She has a zinc uh, bar in the, you know, <laughs> yeah. covered. The textures and the the sagey greens, it's just beautiful. Thank
2: you. It's just your look, I oh, feel. Yeah. And
0: we're in probably what would be
2: considered the parlor, maybe? Yeah, this was the dining room, actually, but I've transformed it into one of the painting studios. And then there's uh-huh. one upstairs uh-huh. as well that uh-huh. is just, it's got big windows all across one wall. So there's a lot of great natural light up there. Oh, um,
0: gosh, it's just but. great. But, so, yeah, I just kind of yeah. wanted to give people a little taste of this, yeah. this area that we're in.
2: Yeah, this house is um, distressed, um, yes. I, I would say. Yeah. It's, it's it's just, it's been lived in. Uh, the yes. last family that was here, I think there were 13 kids. 13 kids. And Whoa. so I love that things aren't perfect. Yeah. It's just nicked yeah. up and things are a little wonky and, and we had a huge flood in 2010 that flooded this house. Uh-huh. And, and a lot of things around here, we had a crazy thousand year flood in Nashville. Yeah. And so things are even wonkier now and a little and, bit wonky, but, and, but it's that's perfect for me. That's oh,
0: it's perfect for an artist. You can, I, totally. you can drop paint and no one has to worry. Exactly.
2: <laughs> and that's part of what um, my thing is on YouTube is it's called the imperfect painter. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's, What I really want Mm -hmm. to embrace is Mm -hmm. that I'm not trying to be perfect. Uh, I think I've had years of perfectionism issues. And so Mm -hmm. I think just embracing the imperfection is super important. um, Mm -hmm. Oh, good point. Very good point. And the house reflects it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, Armin, before we close, and you've been listening to us, we're down here having fun right right here next to each other. Yes. You're out there in Zoom land. Um, <laughs> uh, any thoughts?
1: I like being in Zoom land. You actually. like
0: that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. You can, uh, yeah. At closing thoughts, Armin.
1: Well, I'm just excited about uh, you being on our show, Rachel. And uh, I spent some time looking at your work and really studying it. And I think... You know, you do all these facets extremely well. Thank you. Uh, I think uh, um, your experimentation shows through, and it's it's a very positive thing. Mm-hmm. And you, your your excitement about the art go, comes through everything I've read. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think you're doing a great great job, especially with your workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you haven't talked about the Möbius strips.
2: So. Oh yeah. Um, that's interesting. I, I have a friend who actually created this for me. I told him what I wanted, the size I wanted. and he owns a metal factory. And so he had this thing built where it was an 11 foot long, I think it's about 30 inches high strip of metal that he then twisted into the shape of a Mobius strip and welded it together. And then I bonded, put Bondo and, you know, made this, Mm -hmm. made it seamless. And, um, and then gessoed the whole thing in a, in a certain way. And I did a video on how to gesso metal, Mm -hmm. but anyway, um, really loved painting that. And the reason I did that was for the Harpeth Conservancy. Um, I haven't shown it in a show yet. Mm -hmm. I still need to do that, Mm -hmm. but it has a motor and it, it moves and it, it's called flowings is that one Mm -hmm. that I did. And it starts with water in East Tennessee, moving all the way through the pathways um, and the waterways in Middle Tennessee and West Tennessee, and then goes down the Mississippi and out the Gulf and then comes back as a storm again in East Tennessee. And so that was the idea of water, the recycling of Uh how water flows and then having it go in a circular motion. And so you can kind of experience the whole micro macro view mm-hmm. that I did, but that, that like was the, what that piece. I like the said.
1: continuum of not only the physical painting, but the idea of it itself. Mm-hmm. And if you just explain, so mm-hmm.
2: I think yeah. and I have another one that I'm doing exact same size, but it's going to be abstract. So right. it's just not finished.
0: Mm-hmm. So. And I love the idea because I get a lot of questions from artists saying, how, how do you uh, blend social practice, with your artwork that's a that's a big question you know and so that is a good example of blending your Mm -hmm. social awareness and and with your aesthetic and it it's so uh like you say seamless yeah it's a great great concept
2: oh well thank you yeah and
0: it it's that seems to me you know you mentioned your your outreach into public art now yes which for uh for 2D artists can be a little trickier, slipperier slope to get into public art. Yes. And any, um, any thoughts on that as you're getting into that world?
2: Well, one of them as a 2D artist, I'm doing um, a huge, it's called, we're calling it the Art Cube. It's for a healthcare facility for their, it's their central point in, when you walk in and they've mm-hmm. they've taken the design that I did for this cube which is made out of stained glass. Mm -hmm. And so it's about eight feet by eight feet by eight feet, you know, around. And so I did all the design work. I'm also the project manager and art director over this public art piece. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's a way a 2D artist can then work overseeing a three-dimensional process. And then the other one that I'm doing for a big hospital involves... um, art that moves mm-hmm. and it's it's computerized and motorized. And I hired an animator to create my vision because I don't know as a 2D artist, how to make that sure. look three-dimensional. I'm not trained in that way. Mm-hmm. So he did what my vision and what I drew and he did that. And that way they could see the vision. And mm-hmm. then they the whole committee said, oh yes, that's what we want. Yeah. So that's another way. So it'll be moving three-dimensionally right in a space, but it's a 2D art, but
0: it's a 2D art. So yeah. that's, that's really helpful for artists to think that yeah, way to absolutely. start blending something you may not be familiar with at all. Like you're mm-hmm. saying the metal smithing and the, the animation of right. different objects. You hire someone. You just seek that help and it takes you in a whole new avenue for your art. Exactly. That's very exciting.
2: Yeah. There are plenty of fabricators out there who will work with artists. You know, you just, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with CodaWorks. CodaWorks. Coda C O D A W O R X, and they are kind of the umbrella or whatever. They're they're the one stop shopping where you can go and you can see all kinds of public art. You can they have filters where you can look into what type of art. It could be three D. It mm-hmm. could be two D. Uh, healthcare. It could be outdoors whatever. So, so you can look through and see all that. And then they also have listings of all the people who brought that together. So you can find those fabricators.
0: Oh, that is such yeah. a great resource. That's great. Resource. That's going on the show notes, folks. Oh, absolutely. Sure. <laughs>
2: yeah, they're awesome. And they have conventions and things for public art, because uh-huh. some people, that's all they do is mm-hmm. public art. And I'm blessed to get these two big jobs. I am, mm-hmm. and I don't know where public art will go from that, mm-hmm. but... I think, and I want to say this to your artists, I mean, it depends on how people feel about their art. But um, again, it's it's kind of like putting yourself out there on podcasts like you guys are doing or YouTube or anything. You want to spread something, some information, some joy, some something. And when I get letters from people who've seen my public art like a, I did a big installation at a children's hospital mm-hmm. and they write with a picture of their daughter in front of it Aww. saying how she had come here for two years mm-hmm. and she can't wait to go and touch the sculptures and look Aww. at the paintings and and it just it just oh. makes you feel like okay mm-hmm. my art is worth something it's, yes, you know worth. Not yeah. that it wasn't worth something anyway, but you know what I mean? The fact that it can reach out and- Right,
0: it's speaking to folks. Yeah, It's making connection. Yeah. That's that's beautiful.
2: And healthcare art is special to my heart too, because um, I do think art is healing and-
0: Yes, I, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Art is healing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we will be putting a lot of this information out there for everyone. Great. You and I are gonna have some fun a little bit later. Yes. Uh, downtown and, yeah. and uh, have some lunch yes and so i'm looking forward to that
2: yeah we're gonna go look at a couple of art galleries in the little village here uh-huh. and uh and then you know, i'll document some
0: still photos of that and throw yeah. it on some social media and awesome we'll have we'll have a great time well, Armin, this has been what's, been yeah. so much fun oh. so
2: honored that you well. had me and
0: so so happy to do this oh. it's great well i made uh that connection with you and you said yes and every time that happens I'm like, Yeah. Yay.
2: (laughs) And I, I, I you know I met some people from Michigan at the last um convention i went to and I, and they were like you should come here to teach cold wax medium and so oh
0: maybe, okay yeah let's put that bug put, in there. i know.
2: let's, let's put that in there I've never yes. been to michigan okay I
0: would love to okay yeah i may have a couple of connections let's okay. see what we can do. all right cool oh <laughs> uh, but so happy to yeah. meet you all thank well, you well thank you see you again not thank you. you rachel yeah and good Armin. You're out there. We're going to say goodbye to you.
1: I'm going to be teaching a class in a half an hour, a Zoom class, and we don't have a can of soup. All right. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Wow. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank Thank you to Rachel, and thank you to all of our listeners. We appreciate the listen. And uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. Yeah. And if you have any questions for Rachel, yeah. throw those out here, too. We'll get in contact with her. Absolutely. So,
2: so thank you. Yes. Please, Every- please
1: contact a friend. If you listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. just contact one other person. I yep. think that's a
2: <laughs> Yeah, that's how it happens. <laughs> yeah. I've already been spreading the word to my oh, friends. Oh, so great. great. Keep, keep doing that. Oh, yeah. OK. Well,
0: well, thank you. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. You can find our past and future episodes at anchor.fm, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook page, Art Ladders: The Creative Climb with Valerie Allen and Armin Mersman. Special thanks to our producer, Taylor Kramer of Cold Shower Media.
1: And check out our websites, valerieallenart.com, arminmersman.com. Stay creative, stay curious, and we'll see you next time.